0: In this week's episode... <laughs> who, who was I chatting to recently? And they put it perfectly and they said, you're almost instantly hit with your own mortality. Wow. And, and that's what it's like. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon Podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. What's happening? Welcome back to the Insolone Podcast and thank you for joining myself and Graeme for another episode. Every time you come back, it proves to me and Graham, and it proves to yourself, I hope, that you know you can make an improvement with your management. You know you want to learn more from hopefully me, the guests, sometimes even Graham. So I appreciate you tuning in and this
1: is one I'm looking forward to, I have to say. Graham, what's happening? I'm good. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed. Maybe if you looked at my Instagram stories, maybe not. I'm starting to grow a mustache. Where's the got Here. Oh, God. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> are. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you with facial hair. I didn't think you could grow any. <laughs> I can't. It looks horrendous. I'm in my 10-day I isolation. Go to the camera
0: again there. Go
1: yeah. Oh, I've caught the microphone. Oh, yeah. Looking good. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, nice. Nice. I've decided I'm going to let it grow while I'm in my COVID isolation. I've got three more days left, uh, so I said I'd keep myself entertained by looking at my mustache. That's so. What I'm give us do. the updates. How's your isolation been? It's actually been all right. Um, only got mild symptoms, thankfully enough. And I went. I probably had symptoms for the first time last Tuesday. Just had a little bit of a tickly throat. A um, bit of a headache that day and I was doing antigen tests because it's just rampant over here in Ireland at the minute. Mm. And I was doing antigen tests twice a day just because I was home with the family for Christmas and I was coming back to do a little bit of work and uh, I was all negative. And then on the Wednesday morning, I tested positive, but I knew it. You know when you know, well, mm-hmm. to be fair, I woke up in a coughing fit in the middle of the night <laughs> and I was, <laughs> <a> <laughs> so I was like, I think I have covid <laughs> So yeah, got the uh, positive antigen, but I've just been, do you know what I kind of found? Everyone's been ringing me going, you're right in isolation because I've been staying in my room because I live in a house full of other people. So I'm only leaving to kind of heat up my food and go to the toilet. But I actually find it okay. It's weirdly relaxing in terms of, and I don't know if this is kind of okay to say because some people have been messaging me. And they had a horrible time in isolation, so I'm kind of Mm. playing it down. But on the podcast, I'm only truthful here on. But uh, I find it kind of cathartic where I'm just, you know, slowing everything down, doing a Mm. little bit of work on my laptop, just watching stuff. Because I would never allow myself to watch too much television or watch a movie or kind of sleep in because I get up like about five o'clock most mornings for work. I'm kind of weirdly enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah. Is that okay to say?
0: It is. And I think the fact that you are physically okay and you obviously got away with it in terms of how it was quite mild in relation to your reaction to it, which is good to hear. But I suppose both of us have always kind of been people that have enjoyed our own company. Mm. I love being just by myself. I'm not like, I also, I also love socializing too, but I love peace and quiet by myself. I enjoy my own company and you're you're kind of always been the same too. Well, I've three days
1: left and uh, I'll actually be sorry when it ends. (laughs) Back to the real world. Right. Less about my COVID diagnosis, more about your diabetes diagnosis, because Owen, it has been 10 years Mm. to the week since you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. How are you feeling about talking about it in this episode?
0: Do you know what, Graham? Like, and I, and we've kind of been talking about it earlier today. But this episode, I've kind of been nervous about, and nervous, just personally, I feel because obviously, a decade is a long time to be living with diabetes. It's essentially now a third of my lifetime being type one, and I suppose this episode is kind of big for me, and because of that, I've kind of been almost feeling overwhelmed about what I need to get out yeah and i even went for a walk this morning cuz usually like i've no problem preparing for these episodes and like look if someone's listening to the podcast now they know i never stop talking about <laughs> diabetes but when i was prepping for this episode even over the weekend and today i just i just couldn't get my head straight on it and i don't know why because Obviously, over the ten years, so much has happened like personally and so much has happened just in general. but I'm kind I've kind of been lost at how to do this mm. episode, and I know I said to you, we were thinking about doing like standout moments or bullet points or what I've learned. and <laughs> again, on the podcast, we're always completely honest. I texted Graham this morning that I was struggling to come up with the goods for this episode. Mm. Even though I should be pouring things out of me here. So we've kind of decided to just completely go
1: with the flow on this episode um, and just see what comes out, basically. Yeah, let's just have a natural conversation. Mm. And um, I want to begin with just asking, does it feel like it's been 10 years since you were diagnosed? I think so.
0: I think so, and I say I think so because I suppose at most things in your life you can think about a certain memory. it can feel as if it was yesterday, yeah, so when I think about when I was diagnosed, it feels like yesterday or last week, so within that space of time or that head or that way of thinking about it, no, it doesn't feel like ten years, yeah, but when I think of. Other things I've done in my life or things I've done as a result of being diagnosed with diabetes. It's almost hard to imagine or think back to when I didn't have diabetes. Do you get me? Yeah. And when I was trying to think about the like the standout moments, there's obviously a lot of them, but it's more so kind of like the overall journey living with diabetes for the past 10 years and what my life has become physically, what my life has become emotionally, what my life has become, dare I say, even spiritually with the condition. And I think maybe just for this episode, if we just look at my perspective of my life personally, living with diabetes up to this point. So I had a consultation call with somebody, la- was it last week or the week before, about him coming on to my program. And he had recently just been diagnosed. He was about my age. He was 21, I believe. Well, recently diagnosed. And I remember talking to him and it was kind of where I was 10 years ago. And he was kind of like afraid of what was to come. And he was concerned about all these different things. And like, lost in his head about what to consider each day and he has his insulin pen he has to check his blood sugar and he's lost and that was obviously me 10 years ago and I remember I was chatting to him and I was saying to him and the way I put it was you should look forward to becoming who you're going to become but diabetes can kind of I don't even know I'm getting upset It's
1: okay Take your time Hold on Do you want to go to the toilet And then come back? Yeah
0: Okay I wasn't expecting that Let's go (laughs) Um so, I had a consultation call with somebody there like two weeks ago about coming onto the program. And he had recently been diagnosed with diabetes. He was about my age when I was diagnosed. He was, well, he was 21, so slightly older, but had recently enough been diagnosed. And I remember chatting to him, and he was saying, not in great detail, but you could kind of sense from him that he was almost kind of scared or even apprehensive for the future, looking at his insulin pen, his blood checker, his CGM or whatever it was. And you could tell he was almost lost at like what to do, where to go, (laughs) what the next step would be. And it was very similar to how I was when I was diagnosed. And when I was chatting to him, I suppose, given the experience now that I have had with my diabetes, I was trying to articulate it to him to almost, be excited for the future. And what I mean by that is, of course, there are a lot lot of negatives with diabetes. Everybody knows that. But for me, when I was chatting to him, it was like, be excited for who you're now going to become because of your diabetes. And I can confidently say that given the experience that I have, because I feel a lot of Who I am and what I do was kind of based from, excuse me, based from me having diabetes. And I was kind of like excited for him
1: to experience what I've experienced. Yeah. How did he react to that? Because I'm sure it would be tough for him to try and take that in at that moment in that time where he's just been diagnosed, his whole world has been turned upside down. Everything he's known for the last twenty-one years is now going to change. How did he take that news? Well, he wasn't. He didn't seem exactly in a good place because
0: it, how could you be yeah. straight away? But I think it was reassuring for him and almost reassuring for myself to to kind of speak out loud in that way because a lot of the time. I'll kind of think these things to myself and we might go through them on the podcast and stuff, but a lot of it is you kind of having these conversations in your own head Mm. and you could tell that he felt it when we were talking about it, because I'm obviously very passionate about living healthy with, living healthily with diabetes and making the most of what you have. And I was, I'm genuinely excited for him because The journey that you go on and who you can become based on what you do and the decisions that you make is life changing. And what I said to him was, it was like, I said, if somebody burst in my door right now and said, oh, and we've, we've created a machine that enables us to go back in time and change certain aspects or circumstances in our lives. And you don't have to be diabetic. I'd throw him out the door faster than he came in. Because what my diabetes is to me now and what it has led to in
1: my life, I'd never change that. Without sounding overdramatic, it can almost give someone, I'm looking for a different type of phrase because I think this is very overdramatic, but a second chance at life in terms of changing their lifestyle habits. Because I'm just thinking to a recent episode we had Richie Allen. And I know we talked about it before, and I absolutely love that episode where he was saying he used to be lazy and there was no way he would have done any exercise. And in school, he didn't fulfill his potential. But when he got his diagnosis and when he realized that, you know, there is more, there is more inside me. And that was only unleashed because of type 1 diabetes. And I feel like, and I've been listening back to a lot of episodes recently as well, It seems like it's that for a lot of people. So it definitely unleashes a different person inside of them as well for the better in 99% of the cases, I reckon.
0: Yeah, 100%. And in a strange kind of way, it can kind of like light a fire underneath you, Mm. you know, and that, that fire can be lit from almost the sudden sense of, oh my God, my health is so fragile. And you, who was I chatting to recently? And they put it perfectly. And they said, you're almost instantly hit with your own mortality. Wow. And, and that's what it's like because, and look again, this podcast or this episode is about my own perspective and my diabetes. People might disagree and that's perfectly fine. But I remember when I was diagnosed, like I was always into sport and I was healthy and I was fit and I was. Whatever nineteen, and he thought, "I'm invincible. I can do whatever I want." <laughs> you know, like you know that way, and then like that overnight, it's you were four eight hours away from a coma. You now have to take insulin every time you eat. Yada 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 yada, and you do quickly realize that oh my whoa! Like your life is pretty fragile, and I think the whole idea of people taking that and turn it into, I now need to make the most of what I can do or the time I have or whatever it is. And I think Richie Allen was a perfect example of that. Yep. And if anybody's listened to this and hasn't listened to that episode, definitely listen back to it. It's really, really inspiring to to hear his perspective on it too. And I think that's, I think It kind of stems from that of the, like you're living your life and everything's pretty fine health-wise and then boom, you're hit with a train and uh, a quick realisation of
1: what life is, I guess. What do you think the last 10 years of your life would have looked like if you weren't diagnosed with diabetes? I honestly couldn't tell you. And I think...
0: I suppose for my whole life, I was like convinced I was going to be a professional footballer, (laughs) convinced (laughs) and or or else a professional athlete at in some sport. Yeah. And I was so focused on that and so convinced of that, not too much else outside of that mattered to me throughout those years because I was like, this is this is what's going to happen. 100%, Hundred percent. I'm gonna be a professional athlete. Now I'm obviously not at this stage. I, know, I never knew that. Yeah, and I didn't necessarily stop playing sport because I got diabetes. Like, look, I obviously wasn't good enough to be to become a professional footballer. That's just the reality of it. And when I was diagnosed, I just thought it was going to be a part of my life. I didn't think it was going to be part of my job and what I do. And I suppose, to look back and think, what would my life have been like 10 years or what would these 10 years have been like if I wasn't diabetic? I honestly don't know because I obviously was was not going to be a professional athlete because that, yeah. that was kind of, that was sealed, that deal was sealed regardless. But I think because I have been living with diabetes for the past 10 years, I'm extremely happy with what my life has become.
1: At what point, though, did it click in your head that you were going to go into diabetes advocacy? Because you did go to college due to do graphic design. Now, I know you were diagnosed at 19, and that's the kind of age we go into college. So you obviously weren't going to be diagnosed and thought straight away in hospital. Do you know what? I'm going to go out and help people for the rest of my <laughs> life with diabetes. Yeah. But at what point? Because I remember, and I can't remember... When it was, but I remember me, you uh, and our mates Shane and Dan, we had a WhatsApp group together and you were discussing setting up a diabetes page and <laughs> we were discussing what were we going <laughs> to call it? it. Yeah. So it was either going to be insulin, which is what it is, or do you remember what the other one was, which I was pushing. I was pushing the other one. Athletic so diabetic. The athletic diabetic. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think went with the right one with insulin. So- I rem- Sorry, go on, go on. You go on. I was going to say, I remember I was terrified yeah, I remember of that. setting up
0: yeah. that Instagram page. And look, if I, if I wasn't on social media f- like for diabetes and the reason that I'm on it, I wouldn't be anywhere near it. Hmm. I don't like- I like what I do on it and I like the, I suppose, the content that I see and what I'm involved with in the diabetes realm, but if I wasn't diabetic and and doing those sort of things on Instagram, I probably
1: wouldn't even be on social media to be honest. Well, you're definitely partaking in a part of social social media, which is good. No, there's a lot of social media which is bad, but what you were doing in the diabetic sphere is like helping hundreds, if not thousands, of people around the world. But can you remember? So you started posting stuff, but at what point did you think I'm actually going to start doing or having clients? And can you remember your first client and what it was like to help them out? I remember when when I was in college, like so, I did
0: animation for for college and thought that's what I wanted to do. And I was kind of just going, going through the years of art college and I enjoyed it to a, to a certain extent, but I kind of quickly realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do. But I was in so deep. I was like, look, I'll finish. I'm here now. I'm here now. Let's Let's finish it and let's get the degree. And I remember a conversation I was having with somebody in college. And he was obsessed with animation. Loved it. And I did too, but he was on a different level. He loved animation as much as I love fitness, basically. Mm. And I remember thinking in my head, see, he's going to have no problem doing this for the rest of his life. But I am, because I know that it's not deep down what I want to do. And I remember saying to him, I wish I could be paid to go to the gym. And he kind of laughed, and I kind of laughed. And then I was like, wait, what surely there's really something behind that? So then I was like, well, surely if I become a personal trainer, being in the gym and training and being active will be my job. Yeah. So that's obviously what I did. And then when all of this was going on, I was kind of posting stuff about diabetes and all that kind of thing on, on Instagram or whatever it was. And I thought, why not specifically work with other diabetics? I know how much of an impact fitness has made on my diabetic life. So let's get other people to that stage too. And about my first client, absolutely terrified. <laughs> I was terrified to take it on the first client because I felt it like a, I felt a massive sense of responsibility and I wanted them to feel about their diabetes the way I feel about mine. And I know lots of people don't feel how I do about mine and that's perfectly acceptable and almost expected because diabetes can, can be a very difficult thing to live with, but I always want people to get fitter get healthier get happier but feel better and have a better relationship with their diabetes so it's not something that kind of I suppose complicates your life but something
1: that complements your life what are you most proud of from yourself over the last 10 years hmm
0: good question I don't know good answer
1: <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I, I don't know well it's can what, I like, can I ask can I ask question because um, when I was thinking about just like writing a few notes before this when you were at the Myabetic Awards hmm. that must have been just like mind blown that you are at this award ceremony in LA you're You're just an average guy from Bray and next minute you're at this award ceremony in LA surrounded by people you know but only through your online community work and then you're getting an award because of the work you have done in that field. You did it yourself, you didn't go to college for this, you didn't have anyone telling you to get up in the morning, you got to go to work. You did it all by yourself, you set up everything by yourself, you didn't have anyone funding you, no one Was like giving you money to do it until you got on your feet, like completely self sufficient. And here you are receiving an award as voted by your peers. Like that must have been just an incredible moment.
0: Yeah, that was, yeah, that was an experience to say the least. And I think that was such a good experience because firstly, I met loads of people that I kind of knew from just being online anyway. And you obviously make these relationships online with other diabetics just over the years, kind of chatting to people and stuff. But when you met, when I met those people in real life, it was kind of like, oh, you're actually a real, (laughs) you're actually a real person. That's cool. Um, And that whole experience was just an amazing thing because so many people were there for different reasons. And I was obviously in the category of, of the fitness side of things, but there were other people that were. Other podcasts at the time, like social media, diabetic families, female fitness, female content, all this kind of thing. So there was loads of different categories of loads of different types of people from essentially all over the world doing unbelievable things. And I think what was nice about the whole whole experience was, was like, we all do different things within the diabetes world, but then... It still comes back to diabetes itself, and I think to meet loads of other people who were doing great things to essentially help other people living with the condition is just a really nice experience. But yeah, personally too, um, yeah, pretty proud moment, which is nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've I've a little something for you own. Oh God! What's it? Yeah. To get your phone. Okay. So we have been doing this podcast for the last how long 2 years and this week is your 10 year anniversary and you have done so many things for thousands of diabetics all around the world and we've you've created an online diabetic community world with your Instagram page. And we've created this um, podcast world where we invite different people onto the podcast to talk about their diabetes and kind of discuss with you, which will in turn help other people listening around the world. And when a few former guests found out that it was 10 years since your diagnosis, they were more than happy to oblige in sending you a little message. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're gonna hate this. <laughs> so, my eyes. Because of the technology uh, I have here, I'm just going to let you play it out loud on your phone, and then I'll insert it properly afterwards. So, um, let me forward this one onto you. This is the first one on. You can play that and turn it up nice and loud so I can hear. It. Oh God! <clears throat> I need to clear, clear the throat. throat for this one. Do you want to get some tissues? <clears throat> what have you done? Hey it's Chris Bright here and congratulations on your 10 years as a diabetic Owen. I just wanted to also say a big congratulations for all of the work that you've done in raising awareness of our condition and also the amazing work that you do through the podcast to help people like us living with uh, type 1 diabetes and I just wanted to wish you all the very best for 2022 and beyond and hopefully one day mate we will meet and be able to converse on all of the things that we tend to chat around on social media or have in the past. But good luck and congratulations again on 10 years of living with diabetes. No mean feat. Legend. Chris Love, Pice. Pice. Love Chris. <laughs> what a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful man. Mm. Um, uh, it's not over yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Need to pause the recording here.
0: Hi Owen, it's Maya. Congratulations on 10 years of smashing diabetes. And thanks for showing all of us how to do so in the process as well.
1: One of our best guests in recent times, Mia. Uh, oh, not yeah. over yes. My man. I hope you're good, bro. I just wanted to say a huge congratulations and happy 10 years anniversary. Keep smashing it, brother. Much love, Tom. Don't worry, Owen. There's only one more. Hey, Owen. It's Jesse Levine. What a huge, huge milestone, man. Congrats on making it this far. And thank you so much for bringing all the education and awareness and levity to the diabetes space. You've done such a service to everyone who's living with type 1 and uh, people who don't have it or don't yet have it. Um, Keep up the great work, man. Happy New Year. Unreal. I love all those people. (laughs) Don't worry. That's all I, uh, I have for now. Oh, thank God. No, no more of them came in. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. That's amazing. Not at all, Owen. Thank you for everything that you've done for the diabetic community over the last while. You can tell from those clips that people are really, really appreciative of all the work you do and all the yeah. people who send in emails as well. We've got our regulars who send in emails and I'm sure there's people who don't get involved, don't send in emails, but are just happy to listen and take in all the information and enjoy the podcast just as much. Oh, and I've got a question for you. Go on. And I don't know if I've asked you this before. Oh, here we go. What what next from you, Graham? If you could thank diabetes yeah. oh. for one thing, the question you ask all your guests after ten years with the condition, what would it be?
0: Hmm. There's a lot, to be honest. I always dreaded having to answer that question myself and it's kind of strange being on the other side. But for me, there are so many things to thank it for. I suppose a lot of what I do, who I am, how I think, how I feel has come from being diabetic. But I think for, if if I could just, If I had to pick one thing, I suppose that would be to thank it for helping me live in the present. And it's not an easy thing to do. I don't do it. (laughs) I don't do it all the time. But diabetes has a unique way of keeping you in a moment that I think is very important. I think that's...
1: An all right answer. That's not bad. And tell me, what are your hopes for the next 10 years with diabetes? Me personally or Um, diabetes itself? Well, I was actually going to ask you, I have a couple of notes down here and I was going to ask you if they could come up with a cure over the next 10 years, would you actually take it? But I think you answered that in, uh, in another way. Saying if someone bursts through the door and says you don't have diabetes, you'd say no. I want diabetes. So well, I th- <laughs> or would <laughs> well, I you think, take the cure? Well, I if think
0: if there was a universal cure yeah. for everybody, then yeah, because nothing I do now would be relevant anymore. <laughs> whereas true, very true. <laughs> very true. You know? um, whereas if somebody said just me, if just you.
1: Could yeah. never be diagnosed. Of course we wouldn't take it. Absolutely not. Okay, then so obviously we would love a cure, but for yeah, you I'd personally I love a cure. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, then next 10 years, what's your hopes? When we're sitting here going, It's your double decade anniversary, and we're still yeah. pumping out episodes double of this. Decade. Um this obviously podcast. still
0: healthy, still happy. I love what Jesse said in his voice out there. He said, well well done for making it this far. I know he obviously didn't mean that by surviving, but I suppose going back to the whole idea of you're faced with your own mortality. 10 years, I want to still be as healthy as I am. I don't see why I can't be. I want the podcast to reach thousands more people, if not millions more people, depending on how many more people are diagnosed worldwide. And within the business, I want to help thousands more people, 100%. I want to get as many lives changed through the through the program as possible. And that's why I love what I do. And that's what I, why I do what I do. And I suppose I remember always thinking kind of deep down growing up, I always wanted to enjoy what I do. But I never knew what that would be. And
1: I suppose looking back on the past 10 years now, I can definitely say I love what I do. Well, since I'm the one on the other side of the microphone, on on behalf of everyone who listens to the Insulone Podcast and everyone who follows you, we are all absolutely delighted that you got diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes <laughs> 10 years ago. And thank you from them and me to you for everything you've done over the last 10 years. And here is to 10 more brilliant years as a type 1 diabetic. If you have any emails you would like to get to Owen, maybe you've just found the podcast, maybe it's a New Year's Resolution that you're doing, Podcast at gmail.com is where you can find us. Owen, anything you'd like to finish the podcast out on, seeing as it's your birthday, (laughs) your 10th birthday. (laughs) my, My more important birthday.
0: Again, as always, I'd just like to thank everybody for listening. And if you're still listening after 97 episodes, I hope that you... Have enjoyed it. I hope you're going to continue to enjoy it over the next potentially 10 years, if there isn't a cure, as we said. But um, look, if you're somebody right now who's listening and you're thinking, what are they talking about? What's Owen saying? He His positives outweigh the negatives of diabetes. And you're sitting or walking, listening to this and thinking, I don't have any positives from diabetes. It can be hard to find those positives, but they're always there. And they can be ways of, like I said, living in the present. They can be ways of not being complacent with your health. They can be ways of helping other people. They're, it can be ways of prioritizing exercise. There's always a positive that you can take, in my opinion. And I think you just need to like your blood sugar, Scratch a bit deeper under the surface to see what that could be because my past 10 years there's lots and time to finish the podcast (laughs) (laughs)
1: Owen thank you very much great episode great chatting to you and being able to share the mic on such an important week of yours absolutely thank you and take it easy